It's a lot of sort of legend. It was legitimate food. It just became a bit of a joke thing to start with, and it's just carried on and on and on over the years. Hi, I'm Lana Mitchell from the Royal Flying Doctor Service, and this is a podcast series about mateship, about life in the bush, and about the role that the Royal Flying Doctor Service plays in servicing rural communities. This is the Flying Doctor Podcast. It actually got rolled across the border due to the COVID restrictions. They couldn't go across the border. I wonder what the border police thought when they had these motorcycles on either side of the border wanting to exchange a pudding. (laughs) Have you ever ridden on a motorbike on a wide open road that stretches ahead into the distance for as far as you can see? Australia's rural and remote landscapes are spectacular, and on a motorbike, that experience is heightened even further. Australia's backroads are travelled by members of the motorcycle community on a regular basis. And as a consequence, unfortunately, from time to time, the RFDS is called out to assist a rider who's in trouble. Backroads can be dangerous. Potholes filled with bull dust, suddenly appearing kangaroos, emus or wombats, you name it. But this story is not about a tragic motorbike accident. Instead, it's a story that I heard a few years back that warmed my heart to motorcycle riders across the country. The RFGS is blessed to have a wide support base and the Australian motorcycle community has been supporting the RFGS for many decades. Steve Trelaw is going to explain how. G'day, Steve. Hi, Lana. How are you? I'm good. How long have you been riding motorcycles? Gee whiz, uh, started when I was about 17 uh, on my L plates. Um, took me a few times to get my, uh, my licence, mainly due to I just didn't have time to go down the police station and watch him standing on the, uh, the gutter watching me go up and down the street. But anyhow, since then, I've done many hundreds of thousands of kilometres. What do you like about riding on the open road? The freedom, the helmet time. It just, there's nothing to to think about, just the, the open air, the open roads, the smells and aromas that, that go with uh, with travelling uh, at different times of the year with um, all the uh, springtime flowers and, you know, going through, you know, past crops and uh, up into the mountains and, and even, even roadkill that... Um, Unfortunately, we have to sniff now and again. Um, that just it just happens. There's no um, uh, air filters and pollution filters in motorcycle helmets. <laughs> right. Are you on your motorbike every weekend? Uh, these days, not so much. Um, in the in times before, yeah, I'd, I would have been on it, going away to motorbike rallies and camping, etc. Every other weekend, used to ride it regularly to and from work. But these days, it's probably every couple of weekends, maybe one in three. What kind of bike do you have? Currently, I've got a BMW. I've had uh, those for for many years on and off, uh, different models. One of my favourites, which I've actually had for 30-odd years, is an R80GS Paris-Dakar model. Not that it's done the Paris-Dakar, but um, it was a version of the motorcycle that, that did Uh, win in the Paris-Dakar. I see. Now, in 1976, 
There were two motorcycle riders, Bear and Eric, and they organised a get-together. Bear lived in Western Australia and Eric lived in South Australia and there were thousands of kilometres that were dividing them and they organised a meet-up. What do you know of that story, Steve? It's a lot of sort of legend. The roads were rough, there was not a great deal of bitumen and basically you carried all your food and drink and supplies on the bike to wherever you might be off camping for the for the weekend or a few days. And Bear and Eric, you know, obviously loaded up their panniers, which are the saddlebags for the bikes, with all their, um, what they were going to eat or, or hopefully eat for the weekend and consume because, you know, shops are back in uh, 76 were quite uh, far apart. And everything used to be either dehydrated um, or where they might have got a bit of fresh stuff along the way. So they had a had this pudding that was um, packed in their in their pannier that they they took off uh, and they met on the border between South Australia and Western Australia. The the day went on, the evening went on, um, and the the pudding never got eaten. They had obviously had uh, cooked up what they they were were eating for their mains and and didn't get onto the um, dessert. So the pudding went back home. Sometime later, off to a off to another get together, and the pudding went and didn't get eaten again, and came, went back into somebody else's pannier and went back home. It started as legitimate food and never got eaten. So it, it was sort of a bit of a joke where you know after a few times they you know got together and oh I brought the pudding back this time oh oh okay and. Um, we're going to have it? Oh, I don't know. It's been on the bike for a little bit. Then it was handed on to somebody else. Here, you can have the pudding this time. And off they trottled home. And, you know, it just, it did. It just became a bit of a, a, a joke thing to start with. And it's just carried on and on and on over the years. It might sit on someone's mantelpiece for, you know, a month or so. Uh, and then it'd uh, be thrown back in a pannier and off it'd go trotting around the country somewhere. Now, this can, it's a canned pudding, a big sister self-sourcing chocolate pudding. So this is the kind of pudding that you pop it into a billy, you put a, a billy on to boil, and then you pop the can into the billy and warm it for 15, 20 minutes or so in, you know, in the boiling water. And then you take it out of the billy and then you open up the can and inside is a self-sourcing chocolate pudding. That's, that's right. <laughs> so it started to get pretty battered after 20, 25 years of being in the back of motorcycle bags. How did it look at that point? Well, it's, yeah, it had all the, you know, lots of little dings and dints in it. It, it was, uh, wasn't one of those uh, quick, easy pull cans that you, you see these days. It was, you had to use a can opener. So it was sealed pretty well, though it had, you know, had a few dents and quite a few scratches on it. A few people had, had etched their name in it and uh, they thought, well, hey, to preserve this for, uh, you know, time to come, they decided to encase it in, in resin, which is probably about uh, 10, 10 mil thick right around the whole whole can. So it's a bit of a clunker now. <laughs> it certainly is, especially when you, when you turn the turn it upside down and turn it back. You can hear the, the old pudding is, has uh, dried up somewhat and it's just like a, must be a little round ball uh, of uh, old <laughs> self-sourcing pudding inside. 
I have so many questions. Um, how how did the pudding become legendary amongst the motorcycle community and, and end up being passed from rider to rider? Well, that is still a little bit of a mystery. I'd heard about it for many, many years. I saw it uh, a couple of times quite a few years ago. And in more recent times, you know, let's say the last 10 to 15 years, it used to get auctioned off or, you know, to a highest bidder to carry the pudding as as a bit of a joke. Then someone decided, well, hey, this pudding gets moved around the country all over the place. Not really sure how it came about, but um, one auction they decided to, because it goes to what they call the off-centre rally, which is a a motorbike get together in a very obscure location somewhere around Australia every second year. And that's one place where it normally turns up. And the other uh, place where it uh, turns up just about every year is at the border village where they have the border rally. Basically, that's where it originated, where Eric and Bear got together. Um, So it sort of makes a bit of a pilgrimage somehow from some place around Australia uh, to get back there in uh, the first weekend of August. This this has got to be a world first of a, a pudding that's taken on a, a complete identity of its own and and travels around. Has it ever travelled other than by two wheels? One of the sort of requirements of the pudding is it can only be carried on a motorcycle. Can't go in a, in a car or, or truck or whatever it's got to be. On, on a motorcycle. So in 45 years, 45 years since 1976, this pudding has only ever travelled by two wheels. That's that's what's said out there and I believe it and, um, and the way that it, ha- it, it only goes mainly to uh, motorcycle orientated events, whether it be a, a weekend camping, um, it could be an enduro of some sort. Yep. Um, uh, a desert raid, uh, which is a you know another group of West Australian guys that take it out in the middle of whoop whoop over that side of the country. Now you searched for this pudding for twenty five something years. You'd heard about it and had even seen it at various points, and you were trying to become the pudding holder. Exactly, starting off in my late teens riding motorbikes, uh, going off to these uh, motorcycle weekends, camping weekends, rallies. I'd, you know, by the fire at night talking to um, some of the the older folk that were uh, obviously, you know, had been uh, riding bikes for many, many years. They would talk about this pudding and I'm thinking, why are they carrying on a motorbike and not eating it? I thought it was a bit bit strange. And as time went on, you know, I think it's sort of, uh, sat somewhere for a number of years and it would just sort of appear again somewhere. You, you just wouldn't know where it's going, where it's been. Anyhow, it would have been in uh, around 2015. I heard that it was uh, it was on its move. It was in, in Victoria, I believe, and I went to a uh, motorbike rally called the Coal Flame up in the uh, off the Barry Way in New South Wales and the pudding turned up there.
As I mentioned earlier, this podcast has been made possible with the support of Isuzu Ute Australia. Having reliable vehicles is imperative in the harsh Australian outback, and Isuzu have provided D-Max Utes and MUX SUVs to pull seven large RFDS flight simulators as they engage in school, community and field day activities for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. These simulators are full-size planes, minus the wings, and the Isuzu D-Max and MUX vehicles are a perfect match for the long-distance heavy towing demands of these RFDS simulators right across Australia. So keep an eye out for them as they travel around each state, and we would love to see photos and locations on our Flying Doctor podcast community Facebook page when you see them. What was the process? How did you how did you win the pudding? Sometimes it's a sort of half official type of auction uh, where there's you know yeah a hundred odd so guys around a bar and at, at uh, you know Munjerani for instance I, I I was there when it got auctioned off hands were flying in the air left right and centre you know I got it I put my hand up and and um, two hundred two hundred fifty dollars was my bid which in the scheme of things is average. It it has auctioned off for thousands of dollars uh, at different events. I I went about trying to find, you know, how to donate for the pudding. I lived in the, in, uh, you know, southern New South Wales. And so I started ringing around some of the the Royal Flying Doctor um, offices to find out where, um, where to uh, donate the uh, proceeds from the the pudding auction to the Royal Flying Doctors, you know, for the motorcyclists. And no one really knew. I think that's about the time where I I originally spoke to you um, about uh, setting up or finding out whether the Royal Flying Doctors knew about this motorcycle pudding that had been travelling on bikes for many, many years. I'm pretty sure what had occurred is that they were just turning in the donations and it wasn't being noted as as something specific. And so because the RFDS is spread out over such a large footprint that there was no um, one single source noted. It was just taken as a donation in each of the locations it was given. So I was really thrilled when we spoke back in 2015 and you had decided to set up a page and make a really make a very simple process so that as the pudding continues its journey forward, that money can be tracked and it, you know, we can make sure that there's that the pudding is recognized for what it does and for the motorcycle community as it continues to you know, move this legend forward in time. Exactly. Um, and I was, um, once we, we got it set up, um, I then put my donation donation in, put it out on social media sites so people people knew and hey look we've got a we've got like a, a home for the for the pudding that has um, you know if you want to make your donation we can we can track it today in today's technology we can we can track anything so how about we track the pudding there's even been talk about putting a, a tracker you know sort of a GPS. Uh, attach it to the pudding. Yeah, <laughs> GPS tracking of the pudding. You know, we could see where it actually does go. It, it would be amazing, The uh, all the little uh, squiggly lines that you might see 
all around uh, a map of Australia of the pudding. <laughs> you could have a flight map for the pudding. That'd be brilliant. Yes, you could, yeah. Now, I understand it comes with a special bag and a log and all sorts of things now. Like, it's not just – so it's it's a can, a rusty old dented up can, but it's inside this big resin and then that whole unit or clunker um, is in – could you describe what it comes with when you win it? Originally, when – I picked it up. Someone had made a, a beautiful soft leather bag that it was it was in. And when when I picked it up, the zipper was was broken. I, I knew an old guy that was a leather leather fellow at the local pub that I was at. And anyhow, once I got it back home, I I went and saw Ken and I said, "Hey Ken, can you make uh, make something?" Uh, something for me and I, he says oh why what's that I said oh it's not a big job it's I said I've got I've got this pudding that goes around on the motorbike and he says the pudding you've got the pudding I've heard of it but I've never seen it either I said yeah well I've only you know got it just recently um anyhow um rode around to his place and and said hey look we need this is this is the old bag we need an another leather case for it. Anyhow, he made up this leather case and another thing that I uh, implemented with when when we got the pudding going was a little notebook uh, where people could, uh, you know, because there are a few little scratch marks of, of people's names in the resin and there was a couple on the can as well and just to try and preserve it we uh, it's in this in this bag and also there's a notebook with it now so when you uh, you know, you take it from dubbo down to you know barry way somewhere you, you write in how many kilometers you did when you took it and what you did um if you you put it in the logbook so it's it's in south australia now yeah just to see where it's where it's been since i had it last I, i'm sure there's quite a few pages there's a facebook site the motorcycle pudding, you know, people can have a look through there and, and uh, check that out at some stage. That's fabulous. How much money do you think has been raised for the RFDS over the years as a result of this wonderful pudding? Uh, prior to 2015, would not have a clue, but I would, I would <laughs> envisage tens of thousands of dollars. Since 2015, since I started up, it was it was an everyday heroes account, which is now that that platform is now um, stopped. Late last year, it, it finished. It had raised over sixteen thousand dollars. We're now onto the new Raisley platform, and there's a few hundred dollars in there so far. But now we can sort of track what it, what it does, what the motorcycle community does uh, in aid of. The, the Royal Flying Doctor in a funny way, you know, with the pudding. Have you ever personally had to use the services of the Royal Flying Doctor service, Steve? Uh, not myself, though uh, a, a good mate of mine and I were heading out to one of the, the off-centre rallies when uh, an unfortunate incident between uh, Burke and Wenaring, we were, we were about 10, 15 kilometres from Wenaring and... There was a massive, massive bulldust hole that uh, basically went right across the road and at least 50, 60 metres long. And, and these bulldust holes, you can't really see them. They're just the, the dust puffs up and then it just uh, fills out sort of flat. And um, poor old Damon uh, saw it at the sort of last minute and think, uh-oh, here we go, anyhow... 
Um, unfortunately, uh, he he went down. Uh, we got him got him going back up on the side of the road. Got the bike sorted. We were pulling up in Winari, you know, fifteen k's down the road, you know, for the for the night. Um, they say it always happens close to home. Yeah, we got him got him in to the bush nurse at Winaring. Well, she had just finished for the day. Uh, went over to the pub and uh, uh, they made contact with with her. She came in, checked him out, and yeah, there was a uh, Royal Flying Doctor Service heading to. Whitecliffs, I think they were in the air at the time, so they made a uh, diversion to come into Winaring and pick Damon up and uh, took him over to Broken Hill after they'd um, gone over to Whitecliffs or whichever way the, the flight path was. What sort of injuries had he sustained? Uh, did his collarbone in, came, came down and uh, did his collarbone. So he actually... I said, look, you can hop on the back of my bike, I'll take you in and we'll get the bike tomorrow. Uh, and he said, oh, no, 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 I'll, it's all right. So he um, he uh, got on the bike. Oh, 15. He yeah. drove 15 yeah. kilometres on yeah, dirt roads yeah, yeah. with a broken collarbone. Yeah, amazing. Do you know where the pudding is at the moment or what the pudding has been up to recently? COVID's put a little bit of a, um, a halt on it. it. It went over to Western Australia probably about three years ago, uh, been bouncing around uh, all over the place over there from from stories I, I read on the, um, the Facebook site. Did the in early August where it you know, goes to the border village. One of the guys, not don't know who, but he uh, took it over to the border village and Bailey, a guy from South Australia, went over to the border village and it actually got rolled across the border due to the, the COVID restrictions. They couldn't go across the border. Um, the police were quite uh, amazed that um, uh, what's what's going on here. Um, these you know leather, leather clad uh, t- uh, you know motorcycle riders <laughs> and they're handing the pudding across. They you know had to sort of inspect what's what's this pudding and. You know, uh, Bailey, uh, you know, let the let the police know what the uh, the uh, yeah deal was and what it did. And anyhow, it was allowed to go past, so it's in South Australia somewhere. And hopefully, um, once once everything settles down with COVID, it'll be out travelling again. I wonder what the border border police thought when they had these motorcycles on either side of the border, wanting to exchange a pudding. <laughs> It would have been, it, it, there would have been some funny thoughts. Yeah. Um, it gives you a whole indeed. new, it gives yeah, a whole yeah. new meaning to, like, yeah, it's changed my view of the motorcycle community, I must say. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yes. That, it is It is real amazing how it's uh, getting about. I want to thank you and the whole Australian motorcycle community for their continued support of the Royal Flying Doctor Service. When I first learned of the pudding, I named it the Magic Pudding based on the famous Australian story by that name because it seems to me that over almost 50 years, the big sister self-sourcing chocolate pudding is spreading magic across Australia and supporting the Royal Flying Doctor Service, which I think is just brilliant. So thank you so much, Steve. It's probably more of a mysterious pudding than a magic pudding. (laughs) Um, But... uh, 
No, it's it it does uh, does great things. Uh, it gets talked about a lot, and um, you know you go to some of these events, and it's amazing what people do for it, which is great. And and it, it's all going to a to a great cause. So, if somebody was wanting to donate to the motorcycle pudding or to just track what it's doing, how can they do that, Steve? The uh, donation page is called flyingdoctor-se.raisely, R-A-I-S-E-L-Y dot com slash the motorcycle pudding. That's the donation page. Anyone can can donate. They don't have to be a motorcycle rider. It can be anybody really. There's also on Facebook, there's the motorcycle pudding. Put that in and you will see a lot of all our old faces and, and, and the pudding at many obscure places all around Australia doing uh, wonderful things with it. There is also over in Western Australia, there's a can of beer in uh, resin as well <laughs> that, that travels around West, and that rule is only Western Australia for that one. I don't know um, the the full uh, story about that, but it's um, I think it's EMU export or something. But yeah, that's uh, another bit of a legacy from the pudding. You know, there's something else out there. Something else. So now we've got a can of beer too. Okay, we'll have to track that one down. At some point, we'll see if I can get the story <laughs> on the magic, yeah. on the mysterious uh, can of beer. Yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you, Lana. The Flying Doctor podcast was presented by me, Lana Mitchell. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone who you think will love it too. Thank you for listening to the Flying Doctor podcast. Before I head off, I just want to thank one last time our sponsor and major national partner, Isuzu Ute Australia. Isuzu is committed to supporting the communities in which the RFDS operates, and this podcast would not be possible without their support. To learn more, search Isuzu Ute online.